clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Oh, you remembered your whole opening and everything because you've been away, girl. You've been I away. I have. I have. And I I also came back to this thing on your face Look, that you have. Uh, you're gonna bring it, you're gonna bring it. I, I have to grow the mustache for the show that I'm in. It's not something I want to be doing, okay? I look like a really dirty used car salesman. Like, it's bad. Doc, it's bad. But is it, is it as bad as I think it's bad? And we're back, folks. The Doc is back. Had a lot going on with family and had to be away for a little while, but we were thinking about you. We missed you. We hope you were doing well, and we're just so glad to have you back here at the University of Pleasure. I know I missed you personally, and uh, we were genuinely, Doc, we were really thinking about you, and uh, all of our millions and millions of fans were sending love your way. So good to see you, good to see your face, and good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. And I appreciated everyone's flexibility while I was out. Of course. Listen, I, I thought a... about I thought about just emailing you and being like, we should just let, you know, Greg. I said just... it. Did you listen? Yeah. I said it. And one of the things I literally was like, I, I literally said I should have had Greg come in to do that episode. And then I said to all the fans, I was like, but then I'd probably get in trouble because, you know, the doc really is a good filtering system. And, like, <laughs> and if I start, you know, we put out this episode, she's like, oh, I mean, I my just need God. You, I need you to know that if you're out for an extended period of time, I'm definitely going to have Greg do it. With Holy me. shit. <laughs> Are you really going down this road? You just got back. I'm definitely just so you know, have... if you're unavailable, I'm bringing him in. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing him in. <laughs> well, fine. Well, and by the way, it was his birthday yesterday. Did you wish oh, him a bur- happy birthday? I did not. Good to know. Uh huh. Text him after. Clearly, that. not your best uh, thing, birthdays, because two years in a row you forgot mine. So I don't expect. I already you, but explained. I was actually I already... ready for you to be like, "Oh yeah, I called him." <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been. Oh man, I wish I would have. That would have been so great. Uh, <laughs> No, but I have reminded you that my birthday gift to you is forgetting, so you can guilt me about it all year round. And I You're welcome. live for it every year. You will be so disappointed if I remember. I know. If you literally are like on that day and you say, oh, I just want to say happy birthday, I'll be like, ah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole thing so, planned. Ruined. So you're welcome. Well, you're welcome. it is good to have you back. We've got a topic for everybody today, but don't forget everyone out there listening to check out the Amy book by Autumn Karen and myself. It is out there. It is a great audio book. Leave us some comments. Give us some reviews. Tell us what you think. And don't forget also, hit us up. Contact at universityofpleasure.com. 
Remember, that's contact at universityofpleasure.com. Tell us a story, good, bad, and different. Uh, or you could leave us a voicemail on our voicemail at 917-382-0653. Again, that number is 917-382-0653. And again, leave us a message. Tell us a could-have-been-better sex story. And uh, you keep it anonymous. Or- we'll pick your audio and we'll put it directly in the podcast right there. Bang. And then we'll right. comment on it and talk about it. And if you don't want to do that, you can also just send us an email. Yeah. Or with a sex question. We love sex questions. Absolutely. Specifically, I love sex questions. I got so excited to just hit the desk with my hand. But we're back. Hit us up. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all of our social medias. Also, and, a, new, uh, an, a new episode of Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit. That's right. The that's newest dropped. episode of Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit, which I did talk about last week. Check it out. It is great. Really great guest. Talk about the guest that was on Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit, Doc. Yeah, it's Calvin Hauer, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, good friends with our dear Laura Rademacher. But not right? as good as friends as me and Laura Rademacher are. I don't know. Friends. You'll have to ask Laura. Maybe next time she comes on. I don't. I don't think I need to because I think I know where I stand in our relationship. <laughs> Laura, Laura's like you all talk about me on your podcast in an ordinate amount. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we love you and you're the best. So I know, she is the best. Um, but Calvin Hauer is a marriage and family therapist who does a lot of sexual health work and has done a lot of sex education in the past. You should check it out. Also, I would say you listened to the episode because you were editing it. Yeah. Uh, very open too. Just has a very yes. open speaking style about yes. sex and sexuality in a way that thinks um, that I think is really helpful. Very very cool. Really fun to listen to. And then of course everybody shooting the shit about sex is just a blast. So check it out. And uh, those are all our announcements about announcements. So let's jump into a topic here, Doc. Okay, because this is going to be, I know we're kind of jumping back into the fray. We were gone for a few weeks and we're going to do this episode, but then we've got a holiday coming up. So we're going to be doing a holiday like throwback episode. So this one's got to be good. This has got to have a little bit more meat (laughs) on the bones, Doc. All right. No, No problem. No pressure. All right. No pressure. Let's get into it. Today's topic, folks, for the sake of seduction, separating flirtation from sexual expectation in long-term relationships. That was a long title, Doc, okay? It wasn't as snappy as the normal titles you give me. I know you're tired. I know you were away. I know you had a lot going on. But uh, not not as uh, it didn't have the normal doc pizzazz on it. Actually, you know what? You just decided I'm going to let's shorten it. OK. Oh, OK. All right. Let me read it. again. I'm going to take your I'm going to take your feedback because that actually I'm going to be honest with you. I was looking at it, I was like, oh, I meant to delete that part. See, <laughs> <laughs> fans, everybody are millions of it fans. Is, you get the background. You're getting all is, of the back information. Here. Right. It is for the sake of seduction, separating flirtation from sexual expectation. There we go. There we go. All right. Now that we fixed it. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> okay. Um, although I am ta- uh, I'll talk a little bit more about why I originally had that in the title. Um, so I think one of the things, I want to talk about the concept of flirting. And a lot of times when we've talked about flirting. I love flirting. flirting. I know, you see I me know. giving you the flirting eyes right now? Is that what that was? How are you doing there, Doc? Not with that mustache, mustache, man. <laughs> not, not with that mustache, man. Um, not for a lot of other reasons as well, but not <laughs> 
<laughs> the mustache is just a minor uh, uh, additional variable. I understand. We we are professionals here. I was not actually <laughs> flirting. We are colleagues. I'm not giving her any kind of sexy eye, but I can give it to the microphone to all of our listeners out there. I'm God. giving you a little Jeremiah flirtation voice. So let's talk about flirting, Doc, because I do love a good flirtation when it's consensual flirtation and not in the workplace. Continue. Great. Um, so I think when we've talked on the podcast more about flirtation, we've talked about it like more in the context of like how to flirt or different strategies for flirting or what flirting might look like. This is actually more about the dynamic of flirting. It's gonna. It's a little bit more of a, a, a complex nuanced. idea, nuanced idea, but like more about how do you bring flirtation back or enhance it within a long term relationship. Because, you know, we can talk about flirting from this like kind of broader perspective about like how to or how do you know when someone is flirting and blah, blah, blah. But this is really this episode is much more about like when you are in a relationship with somebody, um, some complexities that can arise with flirtation um, in long term relationships and some some ways in which it can maybe be lost or enhanced. OK, so we're OK. So being a married man. I think that my flirting comes across real smooth. And I would bring my wife up here to corroborate, but you're all just going to have to take my word for it. And even though we've been in, a, you know, married for a good long time now, that, you know, I still feel, the, I still get the flirties. I still get out there <laughs> and I'm like, I give her the eye from across the room and be like, hey, baby, yeah. So, you know, what are we talking about in this nuanced way that like, what am yeah. I missing? Because I feel like I'm killing it. Yeah. What, sorry, you cut out. What did you say? I said, I You're feel, killing like, I'm, it I feel I like I'm killing it. So, I, you know, what well, do yeah. I, I mean, and here's the deal. And here's the deal. Maybe maybe you are right. Like maybe you are killing it. I think in general, sometimes and, and, and again, this is in more the context of long term relationships. If we want to talk about flirting and meaning in the more global way, it starts to get really complex really fast. But we tend to wrap up a lot of meaning in flirtation. And sort of what I mean by this is that there's assumptions that can occur when people flirt in both directions, right? Someone who's flirting might have some assumptions and the person who's being flirted with might have some assumptions, right? So for instance, let's say, hypothetically, again, in a context of a relationship, at times somebody might feel like someone is flirting with them because they want something sexually. And if that person who's getting flirted with doesn't want to do something sexually, they might avoid participating in it because they feel like it comes with a set of expectations. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm with you now. All right. All right. So we're, what we're talking about here, I'm just going to, I'm interpreting for the audience. Okay. Which is why I'm here. So what you're really <laughs> yeah, saying. That is every once in a while I wonder and okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you forgot. Okay. So interpreting for the audience. You're talking about like, okay, so like you say you're in a long-term relationship and I'm flirting and the worry is that that might come with like, oh man, he's going to want to have sex tonight because uh, he's given me the old sexy eye from across the room at this party and maybe that becomes anxiety provoking or something like yeah, that because- like okay. Yeah, it, it, and, it and it can depend, right? Like obviously like some couples or some like- relational dynamics, it's like easy. It's easeful. We flirt. It's fun. We can flirt and it doesn't have expectation or it does. And we both feel good with that. But sometimes I talk about flirting a lot 
in the context of long-term relationships. And where it comes up most in when I'm talking about it is people's assumptions about it, about what it means and reasons they do or don't engage in it. So the, the funny thing is, is too, like when I say people make assumptions about it, it can be from either direction. So I gave the example of somebody being flirted with going, uh, I don't know if I'm like, I'm worried that that's an expectation around sex. And I'm worried that if I engage with it, then somehow there's going to be an expectation we have to be sexual later. Right. And I don't right. want to lead that on or whatever it might be. Right. Right. However, What's really interesting, and this comes up a lot in my office, is people over time might actually stop flirting with their partner because they're like, well, I've stopped flirting because every time I do, it seems like they think that I want sex and then I and then I stop flirting because half the time when I'm flirting or maybe even more than half the time, I'm just flirting for the sake of flirting, but I've stopped doing that because it creates conflict or they shut down or they never engage back with oh. me. And so there's like all sorts of misconceptions yeah. right, that can start to happen. And I mean, like, obviously that can get really complicated, but, but like, why care about it? Well, right. well like, why, why would we even care about that as, as an issue? Well, because part of what that means is that flirtation then, when it's attached to sexual expectation and when there's maybe some concerns about that, means that sometimes people then just drop flirtation. They stop flirting. Oh. They stop flirting with each other. In I don't a know that I can do that. Doc. I could never stop. I love flirting. I think flirting <laughs> is so much fun, even if it's not leading to anything. You know, it's it's a nice reminder, you know, when you say, like, say I'm at a party with my wife, who's the most beautiful woman on the face of the planet to me. And like nobody, like she's my person, man. I don't, I don't have space in my heart for anybody else. And, but I tell you, you know, we'll be across the room. It, I don't. I don't need sex. I just, you know, if she's looking pretty and and we're at a thing, and I'm maybe give her a little bit of eye, a little like a hey, I'm, I see you, I see you, you know. And I love that. I love because it feels like even though it doesn't have to necessarily lead to loving, that it's actually just a, a really nice way to connect. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels yeah, nice. I mean. And and so that's like why even talk about this or bringing it up as a topic because it's it's frankly a really common issue that can wow. happen in long term relationships. Okay. And, and and you know we've talked before in this podcast about desire discrepant relationships, right? Where one person desires sex more than the other, and it's created some conflict. Right. Sometimes minimal conflict, sometimes a lot of conflict, right? Like in everything in between. But like that's a dynamic in which this actually sometimes really becomes a bigger issue, right? Mm -hmm. When there's a little bit of tension about how much sex or like what kind of sex people might be having in a relationship and there's some sexual incompatibilities that people are working with, what happens then is like there's there then becomes this like tension around that that can extend to other like kind of more playful, fun, flirtatious behavior as well because everyone's so afraid of either like sending a cue that then they're like, well, I'm not going to actually – like, so for instance, I, I would slap your ass in the kitchen, but I don't want you to get the wrong idea because I don't want to have a fight later on about us not having sex. Or I would flirt with you, but I'm worried that you're going to think that I just want sex if I'm flirting with you. So now I've just stopped. And again, it's a bummer when that happens for a couple of reasons, because what it really, you know, you were talking about like at a party and a wink. And a lot of times there isn't sexual expectation there, hmm, but it hmm. starts to feel like there is. And when people drop it, what they lose is sometimes a sense of playfulness yeah. in the relationship in in that flirty and fun way. And that playfulness is important because especially if there's a little bit, you know, sometimes people have 
you know, patches of the relationship in which they're not being as sexual as maybe one or either party would like to be, or they're not having as high a quality of sex as they'd like to be having for whatever reasons. Like we just had an episode on children, right? Like they might have young kids or they might, but that flirtation, that sexual energy is part of what can sustain people through times in which there isn't as much sexual behavior. So when that also starts to go away, that can make things start to feel like really, um, I don't want to say empty, but <laughs> to a certain yeah, degree, well, or to make people yeah. feel really, um, really disconnected. That's yeah, very word. disconnected, very, uh, but but also empty is a good word, Doc, because you know, look. We all in life, we have our ups and our downs. You know, we have, you know, where your relationship's really connected. Sometimes you're not as connected. You got kids or you're this or you're tired or work, or right? There's a lot of things, you know, but flirting is such a wonderful way to just send a little helpful reminder to one another. Like, you know, hey, we're still connected. You know, I still I still think you're looking pretty tonight. I still think that, uh, you know, you're the uh, apple of my eye in the bedroom or the boudoir. You know what I mean? Well, I think the other thing that flirtation does, right, is it that sexual energy, right? It's yeah. like um, it sustains it. It keeps it alive in yes. some kind of way, right? And so part of what that also helps is like when then people go to actually engage in sexual behaviors, they don't feel isolated, right? They feel like um, something that's a part of a greater continuum, right? Like a, a flow of that same sexual energy that's been like a part of people's day-to-day behavior. But if you start to pull away flirtation and people start to avoid flirtation, and in this case, maybe what I'm in a, in a dynamic in which they're worried about like how other people are interpreting it or might interpret it, um, then what happens is it really often exacerbates then like finding people, people finding their way back to more sexual behavior. Why? Because now there's like no flirtation right? There's none of this sexual energy. And then it's hard. Then when people try to go to be sexual, it feels really abrupt and kind of disjointed. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Yes. By that? Yes. Because Absolutely. It's, because it's kind of like we, like people are moving through the world and maybe sometimes like in a, you know, like we maybe share a home or like we share certain responsibilities, maybe children, maybe not. But then it's like, okay, now let's be sexual. But there's been sort of this void of any kind of sexual flirtatious energy. And now that makes it feel even more awkward to try to be sexual because you, I think of flirtation as sometimes that on-ramp, right? That on-ramp, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to take that to sex all the time, but it's going to make it easier if you want to engage in some type of sexual behavior to like have that be a day-to-day energy. And so a lot of times what the result is, is it can make people just feel a little bit more stiff or awkward with each other. And and people just start to feel really confused. And in my world, you know, I have the privilege of getting people to sit down and then really starting to work through some of the stuff. And what's so notable to me over and over again is when people start talking, you very quickly, people begin to realize how many assumptions they were making about like what a certain flirtatious behavior meant or what it might not mean. And there are so many assumptions, right? And and it's a very, very common dynamic. Um, And I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the thing I find interesting here, Doc, is, you know what it makes me think of? Hmm. Makes me think of that movie, Dave, again. I know I think I brought this up in podcasts in the past. But if your 
person was a pod person that had stepped in like all of a sudden, right? You would know if they started flirting with you, like in the movie Dave, when she knew that it wasn't her husband because it was Dave and not actually the president because he looked down at her leg and the other Dave hadn't flirted with her in a long time. But the other Dave was the president. But so the the president (laughs) had a thing and he had like a stroke and then they brought in Dave, right? Everybody knows Dave. You know what I'm talking about here, Doc? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's a 90s throwback. It's, it's a 90s throwback. Yeah, it's a sure. 90s throwback, okay? So this, is my, this, is my, this is from my era. So, but, you know, like, all of a sudden, I mean, like, it's the must, it's, a, it's your match in the mustache, you know, just throwing it back. How dare you bring that up again? <laughs> how dare you bring it up again? Uh, I've I been swear seen you in a while. Okay, listen, all right, I'm in a Broadway show right now, and I had to grow this mustache. Listen, it is not the best look on me. I just wanted to give you... Look, here's what happened. See how I set this up? I wanted to create a setup so you could brag about how you're in a Broadway show. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're a giver. That's what this was. You are welcome. <laughs> it was a setup. And you totally ruined my Dave analogy. So now I got to start <laughs> over again. Oh, please don't. Oh, please don't. <laughs> but it was it had a point. So I had your a point, point is she knew she knew that he was flirting or she knew that it was not her actual husband because the Correct. person posing was flirting. He was. He saw her leg. He looked at her leg, Sigourney Weaver's leg, in the limo. And that's who she had the first inkling that it really wasn't her husband, that it was an imposter. And that's sad, kind of. When you think about it, it's like she has this husband and he's the president and he was not flirting with her. Just a little flirtation. Just a little like, hey, I like that pencil skirt. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I do. Lo- I love a good pencil skirt. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> I think pencil skirts are one of the most um, most amazing things that a woman can wear. I just am a huge fan of pencil skirts. I think they need to come back in force. Anyway, that's not the point of what we're talking about. We're talking about flirtation. It is not. I am with you, and I think that this is really great. I also think this is a good time to take a break. And what we're going to do now that the Dave analogy is finished, and you mocked my mustache for at least a third time, let's take a break here. Then we're going to come back, and you're going to give us some tips of the trade to maybe uh, keep the flirtation going Without... Or to find a, maybe even finding ways to bring it back in. Yeah, if it's bring it back been in. Lost. Yeah, or the vol- or or maybe it's not all or nothing, or the volume's been turned down. On yeah, it. and without expectation of sexy time in the bedroom. Yeah. Yep. All right yep. then. We'll be right back. And we're back for part two of our topic here, which, of course, was modified right in the moment. You were behind the curtain, saw our process right there and then for the sake of seduction, separating flirtation from sexual expectation. And I actually really like this topic because I I think, you know, it's so funny because so often we'll have these conversations, Doc, you know, here on the podcast where, I mean, obviously this is why you're the doc and I'm me, but, you know, something that wouldn't even enter my mind about, like, flirting and that that could have expectation to I want sex, which could cause more of a rift if there's even a rift. Like, so many different layers. So I'm actually really fascinated about it, and I really do hope that you can give us some really good tools here because, you know, so much, so often in life we put pressure on sex and, and our sexual lives and but just sometimes a little bit of a reminder that, you know, of a little flirtation here, a little flirtation there helps you stay connected. 
and uh, like you said, like like so abrupt, you know, like if all of a sudden that just wasn't there and you were like, I'm ready, let's go. Like it'd be kind of it'd be like, whoa, yeah, it would it would it would feel disjointed yeah. and it would feel and and that is and don't get me wrong. Some people's sexualities work where they really can be sort of like, you know, not in in that kind of they don't need that sort of on ramp. They don't need that like romantic or flirtatious connection they can still be like, all right, I'm up for it. And for other people, and there's not a better or worse way to be, they're just different. But other people are like, I don't know how to connect with you like behaviorally, sexually, right? Like literally, physically, if there's not some of that energy sort of flowing between us yeah. in some kind of way. Like a and sexual, they're just, like a sexual tension ping pong of flirtation. Yeah. yeah. And it can be mild, but like, a lot of folks, like it just does, they'll talk about it in ways of like that it feels abrupt and it feels, you know, disconnected in certain ways. Got it. And so that's that's just a real thing. And again, I'm talking about this and like some people listening be like, and eh, our relationship, not an issue at all. And other people might be listening going, oh, yeah, that's maybe happened. Right. And it's but it is a common it's a common thing that can occur. Um, I also, you know, something that it's really more to say out loud is kind of a reminder that Flirtation really is its own type of communication that can send sure. a message, right? Sure. Like yeah. in flirtation, it's always verbal. Sometimes it's behavioral. Sometimes you're talking about a wink, right? Like sometimes it's something very subtle or quick. But it really is sending a message, which is I still see you sexually. Yes. Even if or romantically, even if we aren't having much sex or at all. That's right. And that. And that's part of what that energy sometimes can really sustain, right? Or like keeps people in that position of feeling like an object of desire to yes. someone else. Well, that's a, that's it's the whole key, right? I mean, isn't like because like, look, you're in a situation, you've got you know, you had a handful of kids, you've been really busy, you've got things going on, work is stressful, you know. Just a little quick, like little physical touch, a little quick reminder, a little maybe a little, uh, you know, wink, wink. A little like you were saying, a little pat on the butt, like, hey, I just want you to know, you know, hey, how you doing? Like that can help keep that that spark alive to the point when when things maybe settle back down and you're not and you're running to this soccer practice yeah. and this over here, that you know that, hey, I still see you this way and we're gonna connect when we got the time, when we can work it in. Right. And you know, and sometimes like, so what to do, right? Like in terms of like what to Please. do, how to how to handle this, right? Oh, what to do depends on where couples or where, you know, a unit might be at in terms of like how this is like impacting their relationship. Again, some people listening will be like, oh, not a problem for me, which is totally fine. Could be in the future. Maybe it won't be. But either way, like when it is an issue, it, what to do sometimes is a stage process depending on first asking the question, does flirtation equal sexual expectation in your relationship? Because sometimes it does. Right. So sometimes people are doing it without any expectation at all. And sometimes when people are flirting, it is specifically because they want to be sexual. And so one of the first things that you like usually that I'm working with people on is like, what's happening? <laughs> right? right. Right. Like, let's actually stop and look at like the the function of flirtation in your relationship. Right. Like. Is it just for some, for a lot of people, I'd say more often than not, it's like, well, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not, right? Like sometimes I'm doing that because it legitimately is like a quote unquote, come on, right? Like I literally am doing it to try to initiate sex. Just to get sex, right. 
And I would call that flirtation as a tool of initiation, right? So so many rhymes. I, really I like know. Um, flirtation is a tool of initiation, which is more about flirting with for the purpose of initiating some type of sexual encounter or behavior. And then there is also flirtation that is literally just for the sake of flirtation. And so I think one of the first important things, and you know, we talk about all the time in here is you, you, you got to talk. Right. You can't solve yeah. this problem if you don't gotta, sit down hey, and be like, sit down. you got to have a heart. You got to have that heart, heart well, to heart there. I think part of it is like heart to heart with self and other. Right. So the yeah. first one is asking yourself, like, what the hell do I use flirtation for? Like, how do I use it? Right. right. Like, do I use it as initiation? Do I use it as um, just a way to communicate my desire for someone without expectation? Do I do both? Right. Like, how do I do that? And so a little bit of self-reflection, because that's going to really help when you're trying to explain it to somebody else. Sure, sure. <laughs> what you're doing. So that is always sort of step one, I think. But one of the things that I'm often, especially with folks who really have lost that energy, right, in the relationship, or it's creating a lot of tension, maybe it feels very one-sided, maybe one person feels like they're throwing out a lot of flirtation and they just get nothing back, right? One of the first things that I, and this is hard to do, but it's about getting everyone on the same page. And, and I guess to a certain degree, it is me setting the boundary of this idea of like flirtation needs to exist without expectation, right? If you want to initiate sex, that is different than like we need to start getting on the same page about what is initiation and what is just flirtation for the sake of flirtation. Okay. And trying to like get everyone on the same page that like, you both have to sort of – it's almost like a gentle person's agreement okay. <laughs> where you're almost making an agreement with your partner that like in this relationship, we can flirt. I can throw you a wink or you can flirt with me and I can flirt back. And when I flirt back, that doesn't mean I'm saying I want to have sex with you tonight, right? Or, and or let, me, let me just stop you there. Let me stop you there if I, if yeah. I may. I think this is great. I, you know, Again, we always talk about communication here is key you know, at the University of Pleasure. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being able to have a sit down and be like, hey, I just, you know, I want to communicate with you a little more. And I want you to know that I still see you in this way, but that might not lead to sex. And that's okay. You know, are you cool with that? And having that open dialogue, I think is a really great thing. Because then you kind of take the pressure off. If you just have that talk, you know, hey, I just want you to know, like, I've always got worried that like, if you flirted with me, that then... Uh, that meant we had to have sex together or do something sexual. And your partner might just be like, nah, man, I'm cool. Just like, you know, give it yeah. a little bit. Or, hey, hey. Or even at, if you're the one that feels like you're doing more of the flirting, asking your partner, how do you interpret it? <laughs> like, yes. Do, you, do sure. you see this as me trying to get, trying to like facilitate sex? Or do you just see it as me, you know, trying to connect with you? Yes. And sometimes it might be like, well, just trying to connect with me. And sometimes it might be like a uh, little A, little B. Or sometimes it's definitely like, I'm presuming that every time you flirt with me, you're trying to have sex with me. Okay. <laughs> like, right. And I've seen variations of all of those things. But I, I think really like part of that like mutual agreement is about divorcing this idea of like flirt flirt flirtation equals an expectation that there needs to be some type of sexual behavior in short order, right? And so it's very important in my opinion. And again, this is lots of people have lots of different opinions, but- when people can do that, it really free thing. It frees things up a bit yeah. in the relationship for people to feel like they have permission not just to initiate, like to flirt, but to flirt back 
right. without expectation that like, okay, and now the expectation is like, we spent the afternoon with me being like, I don't know, kind of silly and flirty with you or even sending sexy flirty texts that like, when I come home, we're going to be sexual. And one of the biggest things that people bring up as sort of their reason that they don't engage back is they're like, well, if I flirt back and then we don't engage someone, you know, like someone might be like, that did turn me on. And I, I, I am turned on now by that flirtation. And they're like, I do want to have sex. And then someone goes, well, but what if I say no and they're disappointed? That's a really that's common a, answer. I was going to say, that's true. That's a very common answer. You must run into that a lot. Right. Like our, our sort of common, like that what if, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, what if it leads to someone getting turned on and then they want to be sexual and I don't want to? Well, what I say is like, well, you're both adults. Person A can say, I'm not interested, and person B can be responsible for handling their disappointment about that. That's right. In, in, a, in a relationship in which people are really trying to, like, take care of themselves around that, like their own sort of emotional labor, that's when you really see people being able to move through this stuff more easily, right? Like, and 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 again, I don't say this to be rude or cruel, but, like, if I'm feeling disappointed – it's not someone else's job, right, to manage that emotion. It's mine to move through that. Yeah. Now, I can talk to somebody else if I feel like I've been disappointed in a way that, like, feels really harmful or really hurtful. But, like, there's all sorts of things where you think you come home and you're like, oh, man, I really wanted to do that. Shucks. But the disappointment is mild and you're over it. Right. Yeah, yeah. In, like, a minute, right? For so sure. Sometimes I try to remind people that not all disappointment is created equal. Being disappointed in like, oh, that would have been fun is different than like someone being disappointed in you as a person. Right. In like this deeper, more meaningful way. And so part of it is also like trying to decatastrophize the fact that every once in a while it might lead to rejection or disappointment and trying to like give each other the benefit of the doubt that everyone in the room is an adult and you can work through that and you can talk through that. And it doesn't even need to be that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, it's not a big. Well, here's the thing. I, if I may say, Doc, you know, it's like not only is it not a big deal, but you know, I think the ju- the ends would justify the means on that. You know, like if you could have like twenty great, wonderful flirtations, then a handful of those lead to sex, then great. But you know, maybe one or two don't, which maybe lead to depo- disappointment. I'd still say those twenty times of really having a nice connection with your partner and flirting a little bit would totally be worth like one or two moments of like, ah, man, I really thought I was getting laid tonight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's really my point, right? Like that's a very good way to talk about like there's a cost benefit analysis to that. Like we don't get to have everything go as like with in life, we are not guaranteed moments without pain or disappointment or difficulty or yeah, conflict. True. And a lot of times the mechanisms that we go through to try to avoid those difficult feelings end up costing us so much more in the long run. Right. Rather than just saying, eh, you know what? I might get 20 good flirts and a couple of rejections, but at least I had those 20 good flirts, which was way better than no flirts. No flirts. And then ongoing weird tension in my sexual relationship because we're really not engaging as like in more of that romantic sexual energy kind type of way. of way for sure for sure right. all right and give so us really, some other how do we so yeah. what other ways can we bridge that gap doc um so one of the other things side note the the whole piece is that everything that i just talked about requires risk taking and trust yes right 
And if you're thinking as I'm taught, like if you let's say you're someone that's listening, you're like, I couldn't do that with my partner. Okay. There might be also a bigger what's going on in your relationship that you have no trust in your partner's capacity to handle disappointment or your own. Sure. Right? Like yeah, yeah. there's some that's some that's a bigger thing that you might consider if, if someone's listening and thinking about that. But the other thing is that kind of a just a nuts and bolts. You also need to spend a fair amount of time just defining what the hell flirtation actually looks like in your relationship. Very, that's very of, fair. A lot of people have no idea that their partner is flirting, right? Or they're giving, they're flirting in a way that's totally going over someone's head and they completely miss it. And there's these really fascinating conversations I get to have with people. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what you were doing to flirt. And someone will say it and the other person goes, that was you flirting? I totally missed that. Missed it. <laughs> Didn't get it. Like, I totally missed it. And so a lot of people misread each other's cues at, often because it's like either too subtle. And so then what happens is they like, um, there's this very famous, like, uh, I guess you would call him, I think he's a psychologist. I think he's maybe, his name's John Gottman. He wrote a ton of books about like couples work and couples therapy. But he has this like concept about like, in relationship, we're, in relationships, we're constantly making bids, right? Like mm -hmm. we we engage in a behavior, we like bid for someone's attention or their affection in some kind of way, and then we're hoping that they take that bid, right? Like so, for instance, like maybe you walk in and you're like, "You look cute today." You're hoping you'll get some kind of engagement back, right? That's right. a bid, a bid for attention or affection in some kind of way, and not in like a pathological way, just in a reasonable no, like way. yeah, reasonable way, right? And so when Per Gottman, right, and I'm loosely summarizing this, so Gottman, if you're listening, please don't yell at me about this. I know there's <laughs> much more complexity to your work. <laughs> However, right, per Gottman, right, it can be damaging over time to a relationship when someone repeatedly makes bids that aren't taken, right? Good call. When someone, someone repeatedly makes efforts. And it's so interesting. As a couple therapist, I'll sit and often watch people talk about like bids that weren't taken and hurts that develop over time. And I'm sitting there and I, and I'm like, I'm almost like have my hands like on my face going, Oh no, this is just a massive misunderstanding. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like so often when I sit with couples and listen to stuff, a lot of the stuff comes down to like, oh, no, you all have just been really misunderstanding each other, but no one's really been doing anything wrong. So this is a really good example. A lot of times people flirt in ways that they think are obvious and are actually the other – maybe they would be obvious to – maybe they were obvious to their past partner or partners. Right, right, right. But this partner is not picking up on it. And so then bid after bid is made and it's not being connected to, not because the other person doesn't want to, but because they were actually just completely missing it. Got it. And so those are some of the things that are always worth sorting out, right? Like yes. what does you flirting even look like? And do you even know when you're being flirted with? <laughs> right, right. And how do you flirt? Some people also don't flirt because they feel like they're bad at it. Okay. I could see that too. I could see that that could be a thing. But you know what? Because well, we're also talking about long-term relationships, you know, I I, I don't want to, what I was going to say, I, I think it's going to come across too harsh. I, I would just be like, don't worry about it, who cares? But obviously that's a thing. And it's, a, you know, I don't mean to, to uh, belittle Jeremiah, anybody's fear. Jeremiah, you have come so far in this podcast. <laughs> you can predict. 
You can predict so well with all being like, it's actually not that easy to just <laughs> not worry about a thing. Look at you. I'm so I'm proud. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to grow I'm so here, proud. Doc. Thank I'm you. I'm so proud, Jeremiah. Thank I'm you. I'm so proud. Um, you know, I I think that really <laughs> these things are complex. And, you know, some people it might be a simple thing, right? It could be over dinner you identify what the heck flirting looks like and how to, you know, and you're like, oh, I got it. I was reading that correctly. Good. High five. Moving on. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but in some relationships, it can be a lot more complicated. But either way, I would always argue that it's worth the work, right? It's oh, worth I the work. 100% agree. 100% agree. Not that I don't often agree with you, but I, I you know, I, I got to say, like, totally worth the work. I mean, if my wife, and I didn't have that level of communication. I gotta be, I'd feel like lost at sea, man. Like I would feel really disconnected from her if we weren't able to every once in a while just like be tossing around a little flirtation. And in our situation, you know, it doesn't always lead to, you know, any kind of sexual uh, romp. You know, it's just a nice thing to be like, hey, I appreciate you in this way. I just want you to know that, hey, I know, you know, because I'm doing a show in the city and I'm traveling back and forth a lot. I want you to know that I'm still here and I still see you that way. And I think you're beautiful. Like, just those little things, you know, little yeah. flirtation, little signal back and forth. Like, hey, hey, you know, I'm still yeah. in tune to you. And, and you know, and flirtation, not all flirtation, you know, when I say flirtation, like there's so many things that can be flirtatious. And I think about flirtation, not just in the context of like a sexual energy, but also like a romantic energy. Right. Right. Like sometimes it's not about like, yeah, you're hot or like, I think you're so sad or whatever. Right? Oh, like but I love more you. About, yeah. More about like, you're my person and I'm thinking about you and I see you in a way that is distinct and unique and special from the way that I see and experience other people. There right. They go. might have, you might have your own distinct relationships with other people, but like, this is what makes your, your relationship and connection with me distinct and special and finding ways to like communicate that I think are important. Now, when I say like, when I said it's worth the work, I would say with the caveat that like, if you start doing that work and you're going, this isn't worth the work, then that's also a good moment to go, how am I feeling about my overall relationship? Right. 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 <laughs> when, right. When, whenever somebody really goes like, I don't know that I want to put any work into this thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that about you or is that about the relationship? That's always a good little signal and sign that maybe something's going on. I agreed. Um, and I think this is a great place, Doc, where we wrap it up because if that is the case, go talk to someone like the Doc. Go go yeah, take a minute. Yeah. If and you're talk feeling really confused about that, I mean, yeah. I think that that's super fair. I mean, really, what we're talking about is. How do you start to find ways to inject playfulness, right, into the relationship? Or maybe it's injecting it back in. Maybe it's building upon a sense of playfulness that you already have. Yeah. One of the things that I would say is like a final sort of piece is like at the end of the day, everything that I'm talking about requires risk. And it is very easy to let someone else in the relationship take all the risks. But it's also over time not fair. And a lot of times people will stop, yeah. right? If we don't meet discomfort. Like if someone's doing something a little, putting themselves out there, stepping out on the edge a little for us, and we don't meet them and do the same and return over time, people people start to get resentful and that starts to get really old. Yeah. And so part of this is also about like finding, you know, it's always, it's easier said than done, but like kind of also doing some like self-assessment around like, 
am I putting an unfair onus on my partner to have all the responsibility around like flirtation and playfulness in our relationship? Am I doing it? And if I feel it's unfair, am I talking about that? And am I trying to like get help from my partner to navigate my sense of unfairness around that? But either way, as always, it takes work and talking. There <laughs> talking. it is. <laughs> There it and is. Talking and talking. And like we always say here at the University of Pleasure, you know, communicate, communicate, communicate. And uh, one of the things, you know, I always think about with the docs talk is go for a walk, have a conversation. You know, I always love that idea. That's something I always go to. It's like my thing. I'm always like, and I always give you credit, Doc, because you said it. I, you know, I'm not just, you know, it wasn't a Jeremiah James thing. You know, if you're having one of those times, don't like, be somewhere where one of you might be stuck, go for a nice walk outside and have a little talk about expectation and communication. And, and you know, flirtation, like the doc was saying, doesn't have to be about sex. You could be flirting just to show that person, your partner, whoever that love is, you know, that uh, you see them and, and experience them differently than other people. And I think it's great. I think you're great. And it's so great, great, great to have you back here with us, doc. We missed you. We were thinking about you while you were gone, and uh, I'm excited after the next week where we're going to do a throwback episode to have you back, and we're going to do a couple more new episodes for everybody before the next major holiday, which, of course, <laughs> will be the 4th of July. But uh, everybody out there, be kind to one another. If you're really struggling, go find someone like the doc and chat with them, and uh, because, you know, it is hard. These conversations are difficult to have. But it's always great to be able to find a way to connect with your partner that doesn't have to necessarily lead to sex. That's all I got to say today. I'm just amped up. I have this mustache on my face that the doc is still making goofy faces at. But you know what, doc? Drink it in. It's going to be here for a while, okay? You're going to have to deal with this stash, okay? I'm just practicing radical acceptance uh around that. It's fine. I appreciate you. I accept it. And I accept <laughs> you. I'm open to receive. <laughs> Take care of yourselves and each other, everybody. Be kind to one another, and we will talk to you all again very soon. Take care, Doc. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.